Welcome to Crypto Sapiens, a show that hosts lively discussions with innovative Web3 builders to help you learn about decentralized money systems, including Ethereum, Bitcoin, and DeFi. The podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Crypto Sapiens is presented in partnership with Bankless DAO, a movement for pioneers seeking freedom from the limitations of the traditional financial system. Bankless DAO will help the world go bankless by creating user-friendly on-ramps for people to discover decentralized financial technologies through education, media, and culture. Hi everyone, I'm your host, Humpty Calderon. And today we are speaking to Yalor. He is a core contributor at MetaCartel and Raid Guild, among many other projects. With the resurgence of DAOs, people are asking how they can join one and actively contribute to them. Yalor and I will explore his journey into crypto and how he became a core contributor at several DAOs. We'll discuss what is a core contributor, the process to becoming one, and how you can do the same. So let's get started. How are you doing, man? What's up, man? Feels like a big day for some reason. There's lots of things launching. Yeah, I guess it just is a really big day. So I'm stoked to be here on the show and to share whatever I might be able to help other people understand and from my experience to you. Excellent. So let's get started and 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 really just try to get a an, an introduction to who you are. And maybe we can do this briefly. Walk us through your crypto journey. How did you get started? And then how did that lead to MetaCartel and to Raid Guild? All right. I was living in Seattle and I working in like marketing or trying to work in marketing, like imagining that I could make money being an Instagram influencer, which just turned out not to be true. And Got connected with a good crew of people, but one of my roommates was a crypto trader, like a day trader. And she was connected with someone um, named Griff Green, who is kind of a crypto OG. He was part of the DAO, the original DAO with Slocket. And he came to visit. Um, she is always, it's funny actually, like back in early 2017, she was always trying to pay me in crypto for things. She's like, Hey, like, can I send you back that money in, in Ethereum? And I'm like, it's what? And I was like, I don't know anything about this. I actually didn't, I actually like didn't, it wasn't raised on computers or anything like that. I wasn't really interested in that. Um, and I, so I didn't own a computer until I was 25 years old. Wow. But she, um, yeah, it's just, it's really funny actually. Cause like now people ask me how to do things on computers and I'm like, you know, I only just learned how to do this like a couple of years ago. You should be able to figure it out too. But so she was always trying to pay me in crypto. I was not interested at all until like everything started to explode in like late 2017, where it was like, okay, this like stuff is like becoming very interesting. So I met Griff. Um, we ended up living together in a house in Barcelona that he calls Hacker House. And I met a whole crew of amazing people from different projects, different DAOs. Um, and ended up working for a couple different projects, Giveth, Dapnode, um, and running some hackathons. So that was the kind of like starting point for me was I am not a computer developer. I'm not a programmer. I don't even know the difference between a line of Solidity and a line of JavaScript. 
you know, don't, don't get it twisted. But I, I love people. I love connecting with people, helping people find their way and find meaningful and fulfilling experiences to them. And so through working with these projects, I was able to connect with individuals, hear about what they're building, what they're up to, and help them find opportunities to collaborate with the projects, whether that's resources, getting developers, explaining the outcome of their project in a, in a more compelling way. And that was my beginning. That was back in 2017. I mean, I definitely jumped in like in the deep end where I was like, all right, I'll just move to Spain and like jump into a hacker house. But, you know, at that time, like I was living in Seattle for like four or five years and I was kind of looking for something new and something different. So when the opportunity surfaced itself, I was like, how often does that come along? Like someone says, hey, you can move into our house in Spain. And I was like, I should probably do that. So I jumped in and spent six months just deep diving and being part of so many conversations where people were using words. I had no idea what the words were, <laughs> but I love the energy. And I was like, this, the crypto stuff seems like something that's not ever been done before and something that has the potential to to impact and to change a lot of lives. Yeah. And so that was it. You know, I was red pilled through that process and yeah. just became a believer and really wanted to learn more. And so four years later, here I am. I know a lot of the big words myself, still not all of them, but it's it's been amazing. Like community that exists around this technology is just unbelievable. They're the best people to hang out with. You were talking about your own role and how that it is has evolved. And really, you're just taking your what was really good about you and what you know how to do, like taking that skill set and then contributing that to these projects to see them succeed. So how did you connect with MetaCartel then? I found MetaCartel in, well, in Hawaii, actually. Um, I was living in Hawaii on the island of Kauai, kind of taking a breather from like having burnout working too many different projects traveling around the world like like we do and doing all this kind of stuff where i got to a point where i was like oh my gosh i don't really know what i'm doing what i'm focusing on right now and i ended up moving to hawaii kind of just decompressing getting off the grid and i heard about a i don't know i think i saw it on twitter it was a blog post from a guy named peith who's had this crazy idea for something called metagame. And I thought it was interesting. And so I started to communicate with this guy. I went into the Discord and I was jamming. I met Peeth and MetaDreamer, who is the founder of uh, MetaFactory, one of the founders of MetaFactory. And I ended up just having great conversations with these guys. I love what they were about. I thought they were super interesting guys. And I really like, you know, appreciated just getting to spend time with them and learn from them. And so through that process, because meta game, there's lots of metas in our ecosystem, but yeah, meta game, <laughs> it's kind of funny too. It's like, it's almost an homage to meta cartel as people name their thing meta, but so, you know, it's associated with, with the meta cartel, but um, meta game was the project. It was kind of mapping the member journey in the, the ecosystem. They were like, we can map the meta cartel ecosystem all the projects, all the people we can build, you know, a little dashboard for the individuals, like what, what are your DAO badges, all this kind of stuff. And they're still working on that right now. I think it's called my meta profiles 
you can find it. So it's all linked in with Rebox. Um, it's it's really neat. You can like have your player status, what DAOs you're a part of, you know, your skill sets and stuff like this. And that goal, I think, is for them to create an ecosystem where individuals can like communicate with each other through these profiles, where it's a decentralized LinkedIn of sorts. Yeah, I'm familiar with uh, Three Box and what they're doing. In fact, I've chatted with Danny Zuckerman over there, um, and you know, because I, on my day job, uh, am working in the space of decentralized identity too, and I'm really loving what they're doing and all of the different technology that they're developing there. Uh, runs in parallel along with some of the stuff that I work with as well. So that's really interesting. The whole portable resume, uh, you know, decentralized LinkedIn, uh, persistent, uh, you know, identity. I think that that's all meta. <laughs> and I think will definitely uh, help the entire ecosystem evolve and mature into the future. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that's um, all part of the process. So like I, I met... I met the guys I started to come to, I was invited to come to the Meta Cartel Town Hall, which is how a lot of people start to get kind of drawn in to the, to the community where it's like, yeah, just come to some town halls and check it out. Like we don't do community calls. We just do like member town halls because Meta Cartel is a permissioned DAO, not like some other DAOs are not permissionless or just token based, but you have to actually request membership shares in the DAO. And there's two ways of doing that. You can pledge straight up, it's 10 ETH. Or you can work your way into the DAO. And so, of course, I didn't have 10 ETH back then. I was like broke, <laughs> living on a farm. But I was like, all right, what's a way I can add value to this community? So after just kind of hanging around and like seeing Peter Pan, what kind of helpful tasks I can do, he, um, he thought it would be great for the community to do a hackathon. And I was like, oh, I've done some of these hackathons before. And this is me like not knowing anything about <laughs> computers or like computer development. Just like, can we make it a party, right? Can we make it like fun? And this was actually in 2019 where things were starting to like Corona fever was starting to crop up. And so everything went virtual really quickly. So we did the Dragon Quest virtual hackathon, which was really well received by the community and people really loved. Um, we, got a, we got a few sponsors in there as well to kind of coincide with us. And people just banged out some really awesome projects. It was our first virtual hackathon. The community really enjoyed it. And they, we were able to fund a bunch of the projects that came through in the submission window, which is what MetaCartel is all about, funding the ecosystem through the grants program. But I learned and realized that like, oh, hackathons are actually super fun and they're pretty easy to organize. So I went on and did hackathons for other projects. Um, I was able to kind of use that as a stepping stone of like, I can do a hackathon for you right? or your project or your community. And so when I went to ETH Denver in 2020, um, I connected with the earliest members of Raid Guild, of which I had no idea what it was, but it was being spun up right very, very, at that very moment. And they were like, you should join the Raid Guild. What am I going to do for the Raid Guild? developer DAO. Like, I'm sure you can find something useful to do. And so through the process of just kind of hanging around, coming to some of the calls and being part of the early planning, I was able to help a lot of individuals get into the Raid Guild and kind of help them formulate what the DAO is all about, what, it, um, what its mission is, um, 
how we grow, how we expand, how we do kind of our onboarding process. And since then, it's grown exponentially, right? Like the community itself has participated so much in making the Raid Guild what it is today. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, Raid Guild is very DAO. It's like much less company, much less structure. It's all led by members and it's all, they're very, very flat kind of hierarchy at Raid Guild. Right. So maybe this is a good time to introduce Meta Cartel and really its own mission and then Raid Guild and its mission and then how they, uh, what the relationship between the two is, if there's any at all. Yeah. So the way we look at it is like the Meta Cartel is the umbrella under which all these projects kind of fall, right? There's no, there's no equity. There's no ownership. It's just like we of the Meta Cartel, which is a grant giving DAO, um, basically was created by Peter Pan and friends in 2018, 17, maybe. I don't know when it was actually founded, but it's uh, to empower the creators and operators building DAPs. So it was all about funding DAPs and different explorations and experiments inside the ecosystem. And their model is like, um, move fast and break shit. Nice. So they're like, we give micro grants to teams that show, uh, you know, extraordinary potential. The past and who are delivering on really, really like interesting proposals. So like we've funded so many different projects at different stages where they were just ideas. Right. And we don't make people go through this whole burdensome grant process of, review and feedback and timeline. It's like, let's just start with a couple thousand dollar grant. Uh, let's see what you can do with that, right? You have a cool mission, you have a cool idea, you, you know, you have a team put together. Um, all right, take some money and see what you can do with that. And I think even the members of Meta Cartel, sometimes they just, they, they, they're like betting on an individual. So like, I don't know if you know Alex Mismanish, the creator of uh, Try Showtime. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he is yeah. also the person who launched the Alex Social Token. Yep, he's the, the famous Alex, Alex everything. <laughs> anyway, so Peter Pan discovered this guy, um, I don't know, on TikTok or something like that, and sent him a $1,000 grant. and was like, come to this conference. I think it was maybe ECC. Um, but basically just bet on this guy. That he was like, you're going to do stuff in this space. You have the right energy to be here. And of course, like he took to the Mimic Cartel. He was, you know, a great staple of the community. And then spun out and started to create his own projects and stuff like that. And, but like from nothing, like he wasn't in this space before. He wasn't into crypto before. Um, I think he was like an Instagram, TikTok dance influencer. If you've ever seen him dance, if you've ever been to an event, <laughs> he has like insane moves with his feet. So that's something to look forward to. <laughs> well, I plan on hosting him at some point in the future. I've reached out to him. So, you know, that's coming up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ask him about his dance episodes. Um, and if we're lucky, I think he's coming to MCON. There may be a NFT dance off happening at MCON in Denver. So this all could go down in real time. So a bit of uh, history, not that anyone's asking. I used to be a break dancer uh, in my <laughs> high school years, which was a long time ago. <laughs> but hey, I don't mind uh, showing what I may still have. I think that's amazing. I mean, especially if you're going to like, if we're going to get some dope NFTs tossed into the pot, who knows? There may be even like a way to tokenize the actual dance that happens at the event. Sweet.
Great. Well, um, so you were talking about in terms of how uh, Peter Pan was uh, incentivizing some folks and then really the overall uh, meta cartel strategy for delivering these grants and really betting on people to move these ideas forward and, you know, kind of grow this ecosystem uh, from within. There's a large number of projects that I saw, or at least that I, in several of the articles that I was reading that have been either spun up or born from Meta Cartel. And what per personally for me, obviously, Raid Guild, I do want to go into that. But one that I find interesting because I think it's 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 just relevant right now with the explosion of DAOs is DAO House. Can you just touch on that and what that is? Yeah, so DAO House is a home for DAOs, right? Very, very simply. Um it they have basically a adopted i don't know how to say it like they have taken moloch the dao framework mm -hmm. not the dao right so it's always confusing it's like bitcoin versus bitcoin right like what's the difference right. but it's moloch moloch um the framework um which is the contract of DAOs that was created by amin Soleimani and friends to fund eve2 kind of stuff anyway they've adopted that they've made a version two they're even getting ready to release version three and they want to make moloch DAOs the easiest and most usable DAOs in the world and they want to create this ecosystem of individuals who actually are using DAOs to coordinate all of their efforts whether it's their clubs their chess clubs their communities their projects their venture firms and so you've seen all kinds of different DAOs that have been spun up through DAO house because it's one of the easiest ways to actually understand how a DAO works. And their, their UX is amazing, like clicking around DAO house. It's like, helps you see how you could use a DAO for your community or anything that you want it to do. So DAO house is the home for DAOs. It is a DAO, right? They run as a DAO. They're not a company like some other projects that were like, we're a company making DAOs. They're like, we are a DAO making DAOs. It's like, oh, that seems very... Very fitting, right? So it's not always easy when you do that path, but you, I applaud Dow House and the crew. I work with them in on a bunch of different bunch of different elements throughout the process, and I've been a like a I wouldn't say core contributor to Dow House. I'm like a a core fan, and I'm always like popping into the Discord, and I just guess I spend a lot of time with people. Who work on Dow House because Dow House and Raid Guild are very, there's a ton of overlap there mm -hmm. between the members. So they are two different projects, they're two different DAOs, but I think that Dow House was first, basically, mm -hmm. and they wanted they they wanted to hire something like Raid Guild. So we created Raid Guild um, kind of to serve as a function of helping Dow House become more sustainable and build a bigger community so and through that process dow house and raid guild have become really popular and they've garnered a lot of community attention they've done a massive token launch um which was all a fair launch community contribution opportunity through their platform dog tweeting all their tools and to this day dow house is the only thing i use to spin up DAOs. you may not know but mcon the event is a dow on dow house well, I did read something about it, but I didn't know the uh, relationship between Dow House. So that's that's a nice piece of information. And I, I, I actually, I guess I still don't know how members or participants are part of that, which I think that's a fun 
exercise to look into, and we should get there uh, a, a little later in the conversation. But I think that that is a really interesting use case because it shows that DAOs, it really is just a framework for organizing people, right? Or, or these, these like DAO house is a framework for organizing people. And so that is a fantastic example of how it can be just about anything, even a conference. Uh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Like I, you can use a DAO for literally anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it really, I forget who says this, but they, they say it often. And I, I, either I'm getting red-pilled into believing that or, or there is some truth to that. But really, DAOs are just a collective of people with a common goal and a shared piggy bank, right? So they're able to kind of move this mission forward. So uh, I guess one of the one of the things, if that is true, to take away is you need to have a pretty damn clear mission of what you are trying to achieve. Otherwise, you may not necessarily be all moving towards the same direction. And so if a DAO is really is a collection of people, you know, collaborating towards a common goal, if that is not a shared goal, then are you even moving at all? Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a very valid point. So um so actually one of the things about Raid Guild that I wanted to learn more about. Um so if you are familiar with the Bankless DAO and how it's organized, um, it has several guilds that comprise or make up uh, the DAO. And these guilds all operate in unique spaces with people that uh, either find themselves just gravitating to that idea or have skill sets and they want to contribute. Um, and so they then behave almost independently. They have their own treasury as well, where they can uh, pay for initiatives to move that forward course, all moving in the same direction, or at least that's the goal. When I heard Raid Guild, only because I'm familiar with how the Bankless DAO is set up, I thought, oh, that is a guild within the meta cartel that then kind of through its own, you know, efforts and uh, pop- game popularity and almost became a unique entity while still connected to meta cartel can you know op- operates as this independent entity that now has visibility through its own branding and social media channels is that am i close there or or it worked the other way around where raid guild was in this independent thing that more closely identified with meta cartel and then through that kind of synergy became almost more closely aligned and associated to the cartel to the DAO excuse me so yeah, I think it's the latter. If I'm understanding what your perception correctly, mm-hmm. the meta cartel was like the members of the meta cartel kind of saw this opportunity to create something mm-hmm. like a decentralized dev agency, mm-hmm. um, and they were actually working. To, I think three of the members, Deacon, Van, and Sam, were already working on something called Odyssey Automation. And that's still a company based in Colorado, I think, um, where they were doing dev work for different projects. And they were like, what if we could do this as a DAO? Um, and people were like getting excited. And this was like actually, you know, I think early DAO days, right? Where it's like, well, what can we actually do with DAOs yet? So they were like, what if we coordinated as a DAO? Um, and I think it was honestly the branding of Raid Guild that was like so just like, Super interesting, you know, this black and red with like slang Moloch all about the theme that people got kind of excited about, right? 
it's very dark. It's, it's, it's got a lot of that energy of like, um, D and D, you know, like game playing, role playing, like all the roles inside the, and the group. So, but those people were the ones that kind of thought it would be really cool to build this and play with it. So it started as an idea and then it crystallized at East Denver in 2020 with most of uh, many of the Meta Cartel members there. And then it just spun on from there. But like, I don't, I'm trying to think. Raid Guild actually never even needed a grant from Meta Cartel. So like we didn't, they've office, obviously Meta Cartel is like fun things with Raid Guild's involved with, but it was more like, can Raid Guild, does it have the blessing of Meta Cartel to go forth and to be, to exist on its own and has started to stand on its own two legs because Raid Guild is its own thing. It has its own members. It has its own process. It, its own literal DAO. So like all of those kind of things are um separate from Meta Cartel specifically. Like you don't even you don't have to know any there's a lot of people in Raid Guild that know nothing about Meta Cartel. Mm-hmm. Just like to, to tell you that, which I always think is interesting. I'm like, oh yeah, it's funny. Like people don't actually know about <laughs> Meta Cartel. Yeah. which goes to reinforce that idea that you know they they operate as separate entities. So there may be some alignment there that brings them together from time to time to coordinate on efforts that both, you know, consider to be important and um, that they can add value to. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the key is like this intergroup coordination, right? Where, because the Meta Cartel has like, I don't know, 50, 75 ecosystem projects. And like the goal for us is it's, it's actually this like slogan that is everywhere on our website. It's if you want to go far, go alone. If you want to go fast, go together. Mm-hmm. And so we are like all about going together, right? Yeah. We want to collaborate. We want to cooperate. We want to grow. We want to bounce ideas back and forth. And like, we're not here to um, own anything, right? Or mm-hmm. to like take pieces of things. We're here to empower the ecosystem to support the builders and to see where they can go with it. And all we do is basically adopt these projects into the ecosystem. And people are like, what, what is that? What does that mean? And it's like, it's just like becoming part of a brotherhood of, you know, of creators, uh, I mean, sisterhood, brotherhood, like you just join the community. And once you start to jam with us and you start to hear the ideas and see the support from being a part of the community, you're, I mean, you're just sold. You're like, wow, like this is the most like, supportive kind of interesting like helpful group of individuals i could possibly find and that's why the membership of meta cartel is like so kind of like highly respected we have so many like creative and and like really really dedicated people who just show up you know and to know like not because they're making a ton of money by doing it but because they want to see these things exist and they want to help other projects so we actually i just got off the meta cartel town hall this morning and it's like the new members who are joining are now trying to champion people who are still trying to join. So it's like, if you've just joined, like you're going to help someone else through this process, get in to the funnel, get a grant or something like that. So kind of paying it forward or paying it back, I guess, in that mm-hmm. sense, which that, that, that spirit, that ethos aligns personally with my values and the rest of the community's values as well. So I think you're kind of, Bridging over to that next step of this conversation, which really is about 
um, individual contribution? You know, what is the role of people that are already part of a of the DAO, and how can they support the growth of that ecosystem? How can they educate new members? Let's let's identify the two personas here. There's the one persona who has just arrived into this ecosystem. They heard about it somewhere. They heard about Bitcoin somewhere. They heard about NFTs somewhere. They've heard about Ethereum, DeFi, whatever, whatever the reason they're here. And now they want to not just hold a token, but they actually want to contribute to moving a project forward. Then there's the other persona, the persona that's been around for some time, the Peter Pan, the Yalors of the world, right? Who have navigated their way through their crypto journey and have gained valuable lessons along the way and are now here in a, in a position to be able to help those that are coming in. Let's, let's talk about the Yalors of the world. What is the role of those people who have been around for some time, uh, not just in terms of like what they contribute to the project, but how can they contribute or, or do they even, is, is there any role for them? Should they be expected to help move this project along also through its community development? Great, great question. I think that our responsibility as, I don't know, leaders or like, you know, I hate the word thought leader, but like influential people in this space is to help guide people along the way through the process to find their way into something that's meaningful to them, to find their way into a place and to expose the opportunities that would, that seem like a good fit. So like, for me, it's always, how can I help you do what you want to do? Like, mm. and then like sussing that out, like, what is interesting to you? What do you want to work on? What are your ideas? And for a lot of people, they're still at such an early phase that it's like, they will benefit from most from just connecting with a community, hearing the ideas that other people come up with, and then being part of a cross a, a project. So that's why Raid Guild, I think, is so great because Raid Guild gives people who can you come from any realm. You can have been an Ethereum OG or, you know, launched your own project or you have no clue about anything. Just be like, oh, I really like this, this style of working, right? And you can find a way to add value to a project that's ongoing. We have a ton of client projects, but we also have a ton of internal projects that we work on. We call them RIPs, Raid Guild Improvement Proposals. And so... You can work on those things autonomously or with a team. And by working with a group on a, on a raid, you will learn the DAO way, right? You will learn how we cooperate, how we coordinate, and how to actually like how to communicate better with people. Because DAOs are this space where if you don't, if you're not really good with your communication, things can fall apart really fast. Um, so it's like communicating really clearly and having people understand like what their roles are throughout the process. Um is key and it improves your skills as an individual so mm -hmm. like like even in your life like i've learned to become a better communicator at home because i communicate with people at work all the time i'm learning these processes and this way of like all right i'm going to slow down right i'm going to be patient i'm going to listen understand like all this kind of stuff that i think is really useful and helpful um you learn through this process so to circle all the way back to what you were saying is it's our responsibility to pay it back, right? For those of us who have made it into the DAO ecosystem and really understand this stuff, to keep helping individuals get on board, right? To help people find their way in, 
to whatever community, right? Like you may have a great idea for a project, but I always say start with a community, right? Mm -hmm. Don't give me a pitch of what you're going to build. Tell me why you're, why the people are going to care about this and how you're going to rally the community around this idea. And then everything can spin from there, basically. Yeah, that's good. I like, I like the idea of, you know, that, that kind of accountability, right? Because I think crypto is all about accountability, starting from the fact that you need to be accountable for the security of your assets, you know, understanding how digital wallets work, all the way down to being accountable for the maturity of this ecosystem and, uh, and, and kind of helping promote that uh, adoption. And that goes down to uh, being a part of that education, being a part of that community engagement, setting the rails for that type of engagement. So yeah, I think that's, that's really wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, now, in, on, on the other side, someone new coming in, you kind of talked, uh, touched on it a little bit in terms of, you know, it, it, again, I think it just goes back to that accountability. It's like, well, you know, yeah, there may be some good documentation available. There may be a ton of videos out there on YouTube or on uh, podcasts on Spotify on the subject, but it is such a vast uh, universe of technology, of different projects and what they're seeking to do that maybe that first step that you need to take is just become an active member of that community and listen participate and then contribute right like identify what makes you unique and valuable and the things that speak to you right absolutely yeah um just showing up accounts for a lot right showing up hearing about what other people are interested in participating in discussions. Like that's why I think community calls are a really great kind of starting point um, where people can find out about one another. They can find out um, about what things people are interested in and then they can form like little friendships, mm -hmm. working groups, all this stuff from there. But it starts with like show up and ask how you can add value to this community, right? Not how you can like, Extract value, which I think is a kind of an old way of thinking about things. And a lot of people who come in looking for a job um, find that there's nothing for them, right? But if you come in with an open mind and you're like, oh, this is a community, like, I, you know, this is something different um, than what's, what's been done before or a project I've worked at before. And looking at that, taking it um, into consideration you'll see that you'll find a lot more collaborators by like looking at it as a friendship situation, some way that you can connect with people. That's it. I hope you took away some of the examples that Yaylor shared to becoming a core contributor in DAOs and learned about the MetaCartel ecosystem. If you want to learn more about MetaCartel, please go to metacartel.org or on Twitter at meta underscore cartel. Thanks for listening to Crypto Sapiens. And if you enjoyed this discussion, please give us a follow, like, and a five-star review wherever you enjoyed your podcast. And stay tuned for our next discussion.